You're listening to the Catholic Accent Podcast. In this podcast, we discuss the acts and miracles that Jesus performed that stunned his disciples. Today's topic is storms at sea. I'm Jordan Wyko, along with Father Andrew Hamilton and Father Christopher Pujol. In Matthew's Gospel, there are two stories of the disciples being in a boat at sea during a storm. Some of these guys were fishermen, so they're probably used to that, uh, but they're frightened. How bad must have the storm been to scare them? Pretty bad. Yeah, I would assume that they were tossing way up and down. There's a famous painting. Cue lightning and thunder. Yeah. <laughs> There's a famous painting by Rembrandt, who does Stolen. Return of the Prodigal mm-hmm. Son, but it's the storm of the Sea of Galilee, and it has like the ship way up, kind of their boat way up in the air, and it's all the disciples like flipping out, you know, and then you just have Jesus like very calm in the midst of everything. But uh, like you said, with previous experience on the Sea of Galilee, these guys would have been in some pretty bad storms within their lives, so... It had to be something that was outside of the norm for them to be that worked up about it. Oh, for sure. For the first account of you know both of these stories, Jesus calls the storm to stop at his command. What would their reaction have been seeing Jesus do this? Well, I think it would sh- go to show that he's the God of all creation. So his word always denotes an action. So Jesus is the word that spoke creation into being. And so all creation responds to his command. I think it's hard on a human level for them that walk with Jesus all the time. If people have seen maybe like the Chosen series, they kind of get into this like essence that you see Jesus, you know, they're not just always looking at him as like the divine present in front of them, but, but they just have this like the dude personal <laughs> reality, right? Like they're bantering back and forth, yeah. like that Jesus wouldn't have been just like serious all the time, calm. That That's not how like they experience Jesus. So they kind of like break from Jesus just being like one of them to like all of a sudden like, whoa, okay, like we know this about you, but like you really put on everything right now to show us yeah. there's a divinity here. And of course, calming the winds like that would have been something that no and man's doing. You you mentioned he was asleep at first? In in the first account. In the first account. The first account. Mm-hmm. So they're waking him up. Oh, yeah. And, and he, he rebukes them too. But he it's funny because he kind of yells at the disciples first. They're like, Instead of calming and fixing the situation, he says, why are you afraid? You have no faith. I'm here with you. And then he rebukes the wind and the sea and calms it. And there's kind of an escalation in the the Gospel of Matthew, right? So in chapter 8, that's the one where Jesus is in the boat with them. And then chapter 14, Jesus is walking on the water towards them. But they're in the boat themselves together as the storms are already tossing them and Jesus isn't there. Not that Jesus is so much testing them, but he says again to them, like, oh, ye of little faith, that they should be learning more as they spend time with Jesus. Like, they've seen this one time before and how it happens, and he's like, okay, guys, this is how it ends. (laughs) In the second account where he's on the water, you know, walking towards them. So Jesus is walking on water. Like, to me, I'd be like, yeah, this this isn't like him walking on a sandbar either. Where people say, like, oh, maybe it was just like a naturalistic explanation of this. It says in the gospel stories around this that it's like a few miles out. So I've never seen a sandbar that just walks through the midst of it. Yeah, right. So this is like crazy, and it's in the midst of these huge storms. So if you think in storms, water's hit you in the face, everything else, you don't have a clear picture of him coming from very far away. So that's why they yell, like, is it a ghost? ghost? (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Spooky Casper. So they're two separate days. So what are the chances that these they will be on the boat in a storm two separate occasions? And Jesus has to remind them to have faith. And to believe, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, Jordan, have you ever tried to walk on water? 
As kids, we Honestly, all tried yeah. to. Like, I'll straight up just run straight from one side of the pool, walk, yeah. like, running, see if and I can... You you're know. like one of those lizards. Yeah, one of those lizards <laughs> that can skim across the, the but top of the But you sink every time. Every time. But the other thing, like, as a kid, I remember, like, trying to... The little mini boogie boards, yes. you know? Trying to stand... You can't even you do can't that. can't even do that. You, no, and there's there were times where I put it in the pool and tried to run... Run on top of it. Yes. And it still doesn't work. Mm-mm. You fall back. Exactly. So was the boat a metaphor for anything? Yeah, so... The ship, boat, it's always been an image, actually, of the church itself, or mm-hmm. even sometimes referred to as the bark, B-A-R-Q-U-E. The bark of Peter. Of Peter, because Peter's kind of the head of the, the college of apostles there and the, the band of brothers of Jesus. And so when we stay within the boat with Jesus, in some sense we're within the church, and then we can go into the stormy waters, and you know what happens whenever you're in stormy waters and Jesus isn't there with you, you sink. Right. right. And the church never sinks. And fun fact... The air, do, Jordan, do you know the area where people sit and are gathered at in a church? Do you know what that area is called? You mean the pews? Well, yeah, but that, that vicinity. <laughs> Good right? answer, Jordan. Good answer. So what, what uh, is the name of the military branch of the ocean and the seas? The Navy. The Navy. Oh, there you go. What then that area of the church is called is the nave. Oh, because you're gonna say navy. I in was many like, of like the older Gothic churches, like even at the cathedral, if you look up at the ceiling, it's the hull of a ship inverted to remind us that together we're in that great ship of the church moving forward, no matter the storms. In Notre Dame in Paris, the uh, you know that famously burnt a couple years ago. Yeah, if you would look at it on the river mm-hmm. there that it's set on, the even the buttresses that come down from it, it looks kind of like, like a ship, like. And that, and like yeah. you're in the middle of the storm, you want this boat. You want to you want to be, be in the, in the ship. You yeah. want to be in the church. So like, Jesus asks Peter to step out of the boat mm-hmm. and and walk to him. Jesus didn't ask Peter. Peter, in his stubbornness, said, "Lord, command me to come to you." And then Jesus said, "Fine, try me. Come on." Oh. And so it's always Peter who's continuing to learn these lessons before he takes on the, the ship of the church himself when, after the, the death and resurrection of our Lord. And so Peter, who's always putting his foot in his mouth and always wanting to you know be the best and take control, because we hear later Jesus say, Peter, get behind me, Satan. It's not that Peter's Satan, but instead of following Christ, he's trying to get in front of him. And so even in this moment, He's like, well, make me. I want to walk on water, too. I mean, it'd be great. We just talked about it. It'd be fun. It would be awesome. Right? Like, if I could have He's one superpower, maybe I would want to, you know, walk, walk on, on water. It could go anywhere. He's trying to show off for the boys. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But what's he do? Starts to walk on water. He fears, and he immediately sinks. But what does our Lord do? Puts out his arm, grabs him, throws him back in the boat. And gets in the boat. And gets in the boat and calms everything. It's a perfect sign of our lives. No matter what happens, we call out for the Lord, and He's going to help us. And so in many ways, Peter's using his own self-will to walk beyond the ship mm-hmm. and go his own way, you know, command, Lord, that, that this happen, his own will rather than Jesus's, which Jesus seemingly is coming to the boat, you know, to be with him to calm things. So that's always one of the parts of our discipleship, which is not my will be done, but what we say in the Our Father, thy, thy will, will be, be done. done. And it brings us to the idea of doubt. You know, we're always going to have doubt in our lives. And in those moments of doubt, we have two options. We doubt and sink into the waves of the world, 
or we cry out to our Lord, Lord, save me. But sometimes we're going to hear that answer from Christ that says, oh, you have little faith. You have a lot to learn. Father Hamilton or Father Pujol, why don't you guys tell us a time Jesus has asked you to get out of the boat? I would say a moment for me was whenever I was in college. And so I kind of had a reversion to the faith when I maybe mentioned in previous podcasts about my own need for self-reliance. And um, from there, the Lord really asked me to go out into the unknown. You know, he says, Duke and Altum, set out into the deep. deep. And for me, that was at the end of my freshman year at St. Vincent College, you kind of make all these friends. I've just finally settled into everything, yet I'm still getting this calling that maybe I should go be a priest. And so it felt very much like having to step out into something new. I just got rooted, and now I'm going to a new college. I'm going to seminary in Erie, Pennsylvania with Gannon University. And I'm like just kind of new to my faith in a way, and I don't even know why I'm doing this, but I feel like the Lord's calling me to do it. And from there, keeping my eyes set on the Lord is really why I feel like I'm here today. Mm -hmm. Every time I started to take um, notice of all the circumstances and everything else around and what I wanted rather than what God wanted is whenever I felt like I was starting to sink and I was losing the call a little bit. And I think that's true with Peter, right? When he takes his eyes off Jesus when he's walking on the water— is exactly when he starts to sink. He starts to notice all the wind and the scariness of the situation, everything else, and then he sinks. So I just had to keep my eyes focused on God in that time. And it should, we should note that, you know, he did answer the call, that he is the Diocese of Greensburg's newest priest, Father Andrew Hamilton. Should I add the applause button? Absolutely. It's very appropriate for our first applause button. Thank you, everybody in the studio for, for applauding. <laughs> Okay. It's not a paid audience either. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? I mean, quite literally, my second year of seminary or my first year, I was sent to Boy Scout camp at Camp Conestoga. Now, this I've, is not a place that Father Chris would have found himself naturally. No, I've definitely never been a Boy Scout. And so I go, and it's great. And uh, it was great to, you know, minister to all the young men coming to earn their merit badges and meet the adults who are facilitating everything. But a group of kids convinced me that I should go out on their sailboat with them in the lake. And I thought... So this is going to be a literal... It's a, li- it's a okay. literal boat water story. Mm-hmm. Little did I know that for them to get the merit badge, they have to capsize the boat <laughs> multiple times, and then you have to flip it and crawl back in. And... They start rocking the boat, and I'm thinking, what are they doing? I said, you guys are never going to get a merit badge. You're not sailing this thing very good. And all of a sudden, it flips, and it was kind of like that moment. I wasn't expecting it. I kind of panicked, and boom, you go under the water. Now, I can swim, so I swam right back up. And they're already back in the boat. I'm like, what's going on? And um, every time I read this gospel passage, I think of that experience. Um, Sure, in my life, I've had those times where, you know, you feel like you've you're sinking and you don't know what you're doing, whether it's transferring seminaries or waiting to get your first assignment. I remember thinking, how am I going to even do this? Because you don't really know what's needed until you begin something. I feel like all of us have that, right? Like even if like you would remember back to your adolescence, oh yeah, like big stages when you change from like middle school to high school. Your first middle school dance. How do I dance in the gym? Yeah. Yeah. How do I find someone to dance with? Like, there's an awkwardness that just <laughs> Andrew, like Father Andrew human. just stood by the wall. <laughs> oh, no, I'm a great dancer. Yeah. But yeah. did people want to dance with you is the question. Oh, but it doesn't matter. You just throw yourself <laughs> you in there. Yeah. And leave room for the Holy Spirit. There you go. 
Oh, oh yeah, that yeah. was yeah, you had mm-hmm. to, so yeah. So awkward, right? I'm sorry, I'm putting my arms out for those listening. <laughs> yeah. You had to you had to have an arm's length. And then rock back and forth. Mm-hmm. So all of us have these experiences. And I think at the end of the day, if we can see that we got up and out of it, it's not by our own initiative or doing, but the Lord is helping us in that moment. And when we recognize that, we see the need for our own humility where we can begin to work on tamping down our pride, yeah. which I, I think mean, your own insufficiency in moments and seeing how God still brought you through that is something that really, really moves you. So often we're called to do things that are unexpected. Maybe we don't want to. You know, priest transfers just came out, so I'm sure some of our brothers listening are thinking, oh, how am I going to get off the ship of my parish and walk to a new one? But you have to trust that Christ working in his church is calling us to go forward and in going forward, the mission continues. Yeah, and, and no saints were ever made in comfort. No. They're always made in difficulty and strife. If you really look at the stories of the great saints, All of them. it's not like, I only do what I want to do, and therefore I'm glorified or made holy Like in that. It's mm-hmm. rather in the suffering. a continued stretching of your uh, spiritual muscle in a way that makes oh, you yeah. stronger. I had an experience recently uh, on Memorial Day. I was driving to my parents' house, and I was going down the road... And out of the corner of my eye, I saw this big, like, puff. And I told Father this story before. And immediately, I just stopped the car, pull over, run out. And here it was a motorcycle that had rear-ended at full speed a minivan. And the man's laying there. The bike's on him. Another man the other direction stops. We get the bike off of him. He's somewhat, he's waking up. And I just remember saying to him, are you Catholic? And he's saying yes, and before I could do anything, I was in my car, had my oils, and we were able to give him the sacraments of the church. Were you dressed? I wasn't. No, I was in shorts and t-shirt. I was going home. Why is this guy asking me if I'm Catholic? He's looking like he was going boating. I did. I looked like it. And so you get there, and in those moments, it's not the priest who's providing, but it's Christ in the moment Mm. of his darkness, in his accident, Mm -hmm. that we're present and we can be there. And I think that's the great beauty of the Christian life is that no matter what's going on, we enter into the moments, the darkness, and we can help others to be raised up and find Christ. Even in my own life, just recently, we celebrated the Assumption of the the Blessed Virgin Mary, and that was like a really large feast day for me, because whenever I was thinking about leaving seminary, when I was in maybe a couple years and I was transitioning from minor to major seminary, um, I didn't know if I wanted to be a priest or not, but through service to another gentleman who was dying of pancreatic cancer um, over the summer, giving him communion consistently and speaking about the faith with him until the night that he was on hospice and he moved back to his home and he wanted me to come there and be with him as he was dying. Mm-hmm. That moment to me was like, I'm so insufficient in this moment. Oh, yeah. Like, why me? What am I going to say that makes this situation better around all of his family and everything? I was so nervous going to his house that I went to the wrong house right next to him on the block, and the people were like, uh, buddy, next door. <laughs> and like, like that just goes to show you how worked up I was. But in those moments, the Lord provides the grace for us. Absolutely. And then when we see on the backside of that how he's led us through those valleys or through those times of uncertainty and putting out into the deep is whenever we learn, okay, this next hurdle is something that the Lord is also going to get me through. And then we can rely more upon him and less upon on ourselves. ourselves. Yeah. Thanks for listening to the Catholic Accent Podcast. Don't forget to follow, like, and subscribe to our show.